Welcome to Gospel Matters, where the gospel interacts with everyday life. Well, welcome back. We're excited to be in our uh, series on talking about discipleship, and I'm, I'm glad to be joined in the studio today by Pastor Casey Sees. How are you doing again today, Casey? I'm doing great, Brent. It's so good to be back with you talking about such an important uh, matter for the church. It's an essential gospel matter, uh, which is discipleship, so I'm glad to be back with you. Well, and, and we've been hitting hard on this topic for, for a while now, and we really just want to focus in on on discipleship and training up people. Uh, that's really the, the ethic of our church, is, is discipling men and women women to conform them to the image of Christ. Uh, we desire that for ourselves, and we desire that for the, the people we lead at Christ Community Church. And so we're going through this book uh, by Jim Putman, Real Life Discipleship, and we've been talking through that. And uh, last week we looked at it, we looked at the five different levels of discipleship, those who are spiritually dead, uh, those who are spiritually infants. Uh, spiritual children, spiritual young adults, and spiritual parents. And we're going to go over for the this five-week series, we're going to go over each one of those uh, as we kind of go along through each one of them. And we, we want everybody who's listening to this to kind of do a little bit of a self-assessment and try to figure out where you are, and also to understand the other levels so that you can help those who are uh, maybe at a different level than you are, you can help disciple them along the way. So we're going to continue in that series today. Um, why don't you kind of briefly describe for us, Casey, just go over the five levels again, and let's talk about them just really briefly, and then we'll kind of dig in a little deeper on spiritual infancy. Yeah, so Brent, I, I love this framework, and, and people need to understand that this isn't meant as a grid to judge other people by, mm -hmm. but really to know how to best help. Um, you know, That's when exactly right. when my girls were infants, I didn't chop up filet mignon, even though I, I love filet mignon, and try to feed it to them, um, you know, as a, as a two-week-old. That, that's just foolishness. And I think a lot of people um, get stuck in the fact that, well, we don't want to be condescending. Well, condescending is more of an issue of attitude and posture and behavior than it is of actually just being rightly aware of someone is to help them go to the next place. Um, and so we talk about the spiritually dead. You know, the Bible says that we were dead in our sins and trespasses in Ephesians 2. And so those who are not yet followers of Jesus Christ are spiritually dead. Um, and that's evidenced by unbelief. And so what we need to do as followers of Christ is to live the gospel and speak the gospel to these people um, often and let them be around other believers and um, you know introduce them to Jesus. The next stage is uh, spiritual infant, which we'll talk about more later in this podcast. Um, but the spiritual infant is someone who's just come to faith in Christ. Um, they are all over the map, probably in theology and beliefs and statements. Um, they they're probably their their life is still way more reflective of their upbringing and their worldview that they've been in yes. than a brand new one in Christ. Um, then you have a spiritual child who um, is, is learning kind of the, the language of the faith and learning kind of the, the habits and has maybe gotten over some negative habits, but is very much still self-centered. Their faith is all about them. It's about um, their desires and wants. And unfortunately, as I've said last week, and I'll say again next week, a lot of people get stuck in the spiritual child stage yes. uh, where they're, you know, it, it could be a 70-year-old spiritual child. And I, I do believe that Jesus says that we need to have a childlike faith, but he never says have a child childish faith, and I'll hit on that more next week, but um, it's it's this idea that, that there's this, this open 
dependency and trust on the Father, but a childish faith is one that, that's just very limited, very small, and not growing. Um, then you have the spiritual young adult who uh, is growing in their faith, is becoming more and more outward focused, more and more gospel-centered, um, and, and has an idea of, uh, of, of wanting to really make an impact for the sake of the gospel. They are overjoyed when they see growth in the church, when they see people come to faith. Um, they're not threatened by territory, but are just growing in a desire to see people um, mature in their faith, which leads us then to the fifth stage, which is um, a disciple or a spiritual parent, someone who is replicating the faith in the lives of others, helping others become conformed to the image of Christ. And uh, and so these are just the, f- the, the basic framework that uh, Jim Putnam puts out in his book, Real Life Discipleship, that we've found really helpful in just helping us know how to love and assess and lead other people um, towards a deeper intimacy uh, with Jesus Christ. Well, I couldn't agree more. I love this framework just as a visualization of kind of where we all are mm-hmm. uh, in our walk. And and I know that there are times when I probably fluctuate between levels. I mean, this isn't just something like, I, you know, once I've grown up to be a spiritual young adult or, or a spiritual parent, that I always stay at that level. I you know, Just as in my adult life, normally, I sometimes act childish. Yeah. Uh, and I think we all do at times. Absolutely. So it's, so it's a good snapshot, but it's always something to be working on and working towards. So let's uh, take a, a little deeper look at spiritual infancy. Uh, what is it about spiritual infancy? What are some of the markers or some of the characteristics of somebody who is a believer, but still very, very early on in their faith? Yeah, I mean, a spiritual infant is someone who trusts Jesus, but um, there, there's genuinely uh, just a, a sense of ignorance. Um, and even if they grew up in the church and they've just come to faith, the ignorance may not be, they may know what the words say in the Bible, where things are in the Bible, but there isn't a spiritual connection, a soul connection with the uh, with what the meaning really is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but a lot of times, like for me, when I came to faith, I knew that Psalms was smack in the middle of the Bible, um, but other than that, I knew nothing. And so a lot of my faith, I believe, was um, the Lord um, being very gracious to me and saving me through Jesus and having just enough uh, information to uh, buy into the Lord. But I believe a lot of wrong stuff early on. I mean, um, and so I, I, I think the ignorance, the, the ignorance, um, um, you know, uh, pervasive. W- it was absolutely pervasive. But it also led to a lot of frustration because uh, I'm a strong-willed person. I don't know if you know that, Pastor Brent, but I, uh, <laughs> uh, if I feel something, and, and especially early on when I was a spiritual infant, when when I felt something was true then I had a real hard time being persuaded otherwise. Uh, and so I had I had a lot of f- false beliefs, and, and so the church became very frustrating for me as well. Because um, in the first church I was in, it wasn't as much, um, you know, I mean, they, great people, um, many of them loved Jesus, uh, but the, the valuation of the word fluctuated quite a bit in there. There's a lot more uh, preferential and kind of spiritually childish um, things going on um, there. Um, but overall, it was, um, you know, it was one of those things where I wasn't confronted as much until about two or three years into my faith journey uh, when I started hanging out with my friend, Pastor Jeff, and Jeff would then start saying, well, that, that's not necessarily true, and would show me in the Bible and, and walk me through, but there's just a lot of ignorance. I had a lot of passion, a whole lot of passion and in, in, in zeal, um, but I was all over the map, man. And so, well, well, you know, it's interesting about infants is they often have a lot of zeal when you have to fed them. That's you know, right. They, they cry and they... And they that's a great they, point. They, they want their milk, their milk, but uh, they don't know how to process very or much Or when they're else. laying in their own mess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they right. are very upset, and, and I made plenty of messes, uh, especially early on. Um, what, what are some typical behaviors that uh, a spiritual infant might engage in? I mean, how, how do we recognize them? Are there are there, are there ways that, that you can kind of, you know, gauge and see if you're acting like a spiritual infant or not? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you, that's kind of the stage where people are like, man, you know, I love God, but my church is out in the woods, man. It's all about nature, and I don't need other people. Kind of this idea that that you're kind of a lone ranger or that your spouse is your accountability partner. That's just based in, in just overall ignorance, like this this neglect of of community, right? Um, this neglect of the things that God values, um, you know, and so... Um, you know, it's the people that are been hurt by other believers or hurt by the church, and so they they kind of keep even keep God at a, at a distance. Um, they really don't know much. If you ask them, hey, what, what do you believe about Jesus? They might be able to stumble through. Uh, he he died and rose again. Um, you know, but even then, you know, I, I've seen people who are very new to the faith saying, well, what is the gospel? And they kind of they love Jesus, but they have a hard time articulating what it is exactly they believe, especially for those, I, I would argue, that are more um, you know, feelers than, than yeah. logical people. They, they, the Lord, I, and, and I had this conversation uh, recently, the, the Lord, um, for, for how God's made us, that's how the Lord engages with us. And how the, how the Lord engages with us is, is very kind on his behalf. Um, uh, you know, but you have the people who are like, I don't need to go to church because I read the Bible on my own or whatever. It's, it's just kind of a very self-absorbed, self-centered, um, isolating um, kind of uh, behaviors. Um, on the other hand, is uh, you know you have people that um, you know you might hear people say, "Oh, I didn't realize the Bible said that." I, I remember when I was a spiritual infant, I told a, a guy I knew who was Buddhist, like, "If you're a Buddhist, you be the best Buddhist you can be." Right, and, and so that that's not biblically true or accurate. <laughs> really? Yeah, really? That, that is not that is not. Uh, so don't take that. Uh, someone could take a sound clip of that and be like, "Oh, Pastor Casey says be the that's best right. Buddhist you can be." Well, no, um, we. Uh, that's not my position. I, I would say that ultimately, um, you know, inf- just infants are like little babies. They they don't know how to feed themselves yet. They need to be taught how to be to, to, to feed themselves. Right. They right. they don't know how to care for themselves, and so. Um, they, they don't know how to, you know, they don't know how to clean up after a mess. And, and part of that is, is, is teaching early on repentance, yeah. uh, and helping people understand it's not just a one-time thing. So uh, would, would it be fair to say, I mean, in, in this case, there's going to be somewhat of a fine line between those who are still spiritually dead and those who are spiritually infants That's right. know, at some level. And it's going to be at some point, a little bit hard to maybe distinguish between the two, uh, with the exception that with a spiritual infant, you will be able to, I guess, observe that there's been some kind of spiritual awakening. Well, and there's whereas, growth. Yeah, and there's growth. There's growth. But there's also that, that level where, whereas a person, you might have a person who has been in church for years and years and years, and they kind of have heard the church lingo, but there's no connection to it. Uh, now, a spiritual infant, finally that... it clicks. It makes sense. There's life behind the eyes when they yeah. you talk about things of the gospel. There's an interest. There's there's more of a an attitude of, of, of being focused on on something. Um, so I think you know there's maybe a line there where you, you'll have a lot of people who who would act in ways that you would see spiritual infants act. They don't want to really go to church, whatever. But uh, there's you know they're spiritually dead because they just have no interest at all in the gospel. That's but it. The spiritual infant they have good intention. They want to know more. That's they it. they've heard the gospel. They they believe it. It it does something inside of them where they are moved by the words and they have a connection to it. And that's that, I think, that when the Holy Spirit comes in and quickens a person and, and, and make, turns them from you know, spiritual death and brings forth life, uh, you, you begin to see them start to act differently around the things of God. Is, is that fair to say? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> there's signs of life. Yes. I mean, yes. A spiritual infant is spiritually alive, and 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 you see that. And and hear me, 
That doesn't mean that the person always wants to follow God or doesn't struggle with sin or doesn't still wrestle with identity or doesn't wrestle with tons of different things. What it does mean is there's still a a softening towards the things of God and a a desire that they can begin to identify that the type of nourishment that comes from our Father by His Spirit because of His Son um, nourishes them in a different way. Yes. Um, You know, I remember when I started trying to eat healthier, my body felt better. It wasn't as fun as always eating junk food, but man, the way I felt uh, was just different. I think in the same way when people start feasting on spiritual milk, they start noticing a difference. In a time, they might go back to the junk, um, but ultimately, there, there's a, they, they're able to discern a difference um, even before they're able to fully articulate what that difference looks like. And so, um, you know, caring for a, a new believer requires quite a bit of time and attention, which in our culture is tough. But, you know, with a spiritual infant, you want to spend time sharing your life. As Putman puts, he has this great um, diagram, but he talks about sharing your life with, uh, with a believer, a new believer and a spiritual infant, caring for them. There needs to be a lot of proximity. There needs to be a lot of patience. There needs to be a lot of uh, understanding that when they're going to say and do really foolish things, um, and that um, that rather than just constantly micromanaging and correcting every single thing, you keep pointing them back to truth and sharing with them truth and helping them develop new habits. One thing I love um, about um, you as a you're a really strong teacher, but also Julie Romero here at the church is um, y'all have a passion to help people want to learn how to study the Bible more um, and and how to get into the deeper things of God. And at this stage, a, a spiritual infant just needs to have a s- simple way. Um, here's where you start in the Bible. Here are the questions you ask. Here's what needs to be thought through. Here's how you move, you know, and, and wrestle those questions. And hey, why don't you start through First John, and then we'll get together next week and talk through the questions that popped up. You know, we'll wrestle through that. But just finding simple ways to help them. Um, you know, I... I it's like, you know, I mean, I love this imagery because, you know, with an infant, they eventually learn to turn over in their tummies. They eventually learn to crawl. They eventually learn to yep. walk. Yep. And as they grow in independence, they're then able to play by themselves and, and move into in childhood. And so this stage is essential. And I think one of the evidences, if you know someone's really born again, is this perseverance. Yes, um, yes. You know, that there's, it's not just, uh, you know, they showed up for three weeks and then they're gone or whatever. Then, you know, ultimately we don't know, but it may be the parable of the sower the seed. That, that mm-hmm. really... Um, the way that you know an infant really is no longer spiritually dead is that they eventually turn into a child. Yes, yes, and I think that's very true. I mean, you know, this is one of those areas where you're going to, a clear distinction between someone who's spiritually dead and someone who's spiritually an infant is going to be that, let's say you, you rebuke them or you admonish them or you, they're not going to get defensive, they're not going to, they may initially, but eventually the, the, because the Spirit has softened their heart, they're going to begin to hear those things, and they're going to begin to grow, and they're going to want, they're going to see how you act and how you respond, and they're going to want to follow in those footsteps. That's what discipleship is about: is 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 as the spiritual infant begins to see, just as a child sees his parents walking around talking, they eventually begin to mimic those things, and uh, a spiritual infant will do that likewise. They're not going to flee and run away. The spiritually dead person, when they're confronted by someone at the church, if they have no care for the concerns of God. The leaf. The leaf. Yeah. The leaf. And so those are some of the differences. And so I, I love uh, you know sharing your life with the person. I think that's that's such a important thing for uh, those of you who are out there who maybe are a little bit more advanced to realize that you can share your life with somebody who has just become a believer, and that has a tremendous impact on on their walk and, and, and their ability to observe and to see somebody uh, who is walking a little bit farther ahead of them. So a uh, very important thing for us to understand is as we uh, 
are involved with other Christians, that we must be sharing our lives with them. Well, and that, that's, that's, that's one of the big things I struggled with when I used to travel and preach at events, and people would trust Jesus, is, you know, we do our best, and in organizations, there's some organizations that did it really well, and some that just did it poorly, but they'd hand them like a booklet of like, now that you believe, do these things. Um, but if, if they don't have somebody or a group of somebodies to sit down with them and go through that with them, I, I wonder, you know, and yes, the Lord can do it, and yes, the Holy Spirit works and disciples and, and gives, yes. you know, absent of other people. But if we have the luxury of having other people around us, then we want to make sure to care um, mm-hmm. for that new believer. And, you know, and so some some places I would go speak, they would be very clear about connecting that person to a local church and helping them and you get, get plugged in. But I know a lot of places people would trust Christ, maybe really genuinely trust the Lord and hand them a booklet and wish them their very best. And it's like giving birth to an infant and saying, good luck. Yeah. You know, here here's a here's a bottle, <laughs> here's a bottle, here's a blanket. Go swaddle yourself, and and it's just I, I don't think that's the most helpful way. And, and obviously, you can argue well in Acts two and three thousand plus people came to faith in one day. God worked it out, and it was okay, right? But ultimately, in the church, I think there needs to be the best that we can do is, is have a better way in general of connecting people to community and sharing life with them, so that in that they can begin to hear new truth. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what's some concluding advice here for for those of us who uh, who want to do well in ministering to those who are spiritually infants, um, or if you find yourself in that stage where you kind of are listening to this podcast and and you are uh, um, uh, beginning to notice that maybe you have some of these signs that you're a spiritual infant, maybe you you know are getting up out of bed on Sunday morning and say, you know what, I'd rather go fishing than right. go to church, or I'd rather I'd rather skip and watch my favorite TV show than go to community group. What are some what's some concluding advice that you would give for both of those groups? Those who want to minister to the spiritually uh, infants and, and and those who find themselves in that situation. Um, if you're ministering to spiritual infants, then I would say just remember it's some of the toughest uh, time. I mean, as a dad, um, the first two months before the kid starts really sleeping, yeah. you, you feel like it, it feels like six months. And for the poor families that have had babies that don't sleep, longer i mean it feels like it goes forever and it's frustrating <laughs> and your stress level is higher your irritability is high because you're sitting there thinking like oh my gosh uh you know oh they're messing up again or why are they doing this again or you know ah, i can't believe they posted that on facebook or instagram or whatever right and, and you get frustrated but i think as much as we're able to be sober-minded about where that person is spiritually then we're then able to bear with them in love and see a bigger picture going on right yeah that that sinners who've been saved still struggle with sin and they just have a, a better outcome at the very end. Yes. And the Spirit of God and the Word of God to guide them. And so, one, um, you can't grow weary in doing what is good and making disciples, um, especially for those who are new to the faith. It, they will frustrate you. You will want to quit, um, just like parents feel like sometimes. But then you go back and you care for them with the hope, right, of where you want them to be. And ultimately, is not so they behave like you, but so that they're conformed to the image of Christ. Right. Um, and so, you know, in this time, don't be afraid to share truth, but also don't... It's easy for a, for a new believer to fall into sin management. Like, no, hey, buddy, you can't be saying that word, or hey, you know, Christians only drink two beers, or, you know, I mean, people people want to put all these rules around trying to help conform people's behaviors. While you want to keep a, a person safe, new to the faith, you want to give them the essentials, what they need. They need the milk, the spiritual milk. Who is God? Who are they? 
how are they to be and what are they to do and keeping those things um, going as they're maturing in that. Um, and so uh, teach them how to read the Bible. Um, if you don't know, connect them with someone who does. Maybe your role, maybe you're a spiritual child and you're like, oh my gosh, uh, I shared my shared the gospel and, and someone actually accidentally came to faith, right? Well, fortunately, it's not an accident, but you're like, I don't know what to do. Well, that's beauty of community. Find someone else who is a little bit further in their journey to say, hey, why don't you and I meet with them together? Yeah. And so I can watch how you yeah. maturely you know, yeah. disciple them. Will you disciple us? I'm pretty new and this person is brand new and we show us how to make disciples, right? And so I think being aware of where you are, if you're just, you know, as we go through this and you're like, man, I'm a spiritual child. Um, I don't know what the heck to do. Well, then find someone who's a young adult who might be ready to become a spiritual parent and or somebody and, and say, hey, will you disciple us? You yeah. know, what does that mean? Yeah. I don't know, like read the Bible and talk about truth and, and then, you know, help us figure stuff out. Um, if you're, if you realize, man, I, I really am more like an infant and it's embarrassing. Don't be embarrassed. No. This is no. mercy to be aware of like, okay, well, maybe yeah, one of the hardest things for me was uh, as a spiritual infant is like that, that, that haunting feeling when I was reading the Bible, maybe I'm wrong in some of the things I believe, even though they feel very strongly like I'm right. Yeah. Uh, about how to relate with someone before you're married, about um, how to behave uh, with certain people, how, of what to do or not to do, how to think of myself, how to think of God, um, how to submit to truth. All those things, when I finally admitted, like, what if I'm wrong? Oh, it was so freeing um, to, to come and say, not only was my sin wrong, but I'm continuing to be wrong. And, and I've got to, if I really want to follow Jesus, I've got to think more like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so part of that is just admitting, hey, I, I don't really know anything. Um, I remember I was an intern, uh, my first year interning in youth ministry. I didn't know a dang thing, man. I, I'd read through the New Testament maybe partly. I would read a chapter or two a day, and um, I knew some. I was in there with seventh grade kids that knew way more than I did, and I was 18 years old. And so, man, that, that spurred me on towards jumping in. So I'm not saying, hey, before you know the Bible or know anything— Go, you know, go jump in and teach a class. But I'll say that the Lord certainly used that to spur me on towards love and good deeds. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> to where it was like, man, I better know this stuff, you know. And so I started digging in um, because I, I realized that the more I read, the more it changed me. And if I experienced that change, then God can change other people. And it helped me along the way. But I, it was a wrestle. Um, you know, I mean, I behaved like a spiritual child for a long time. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and I think that's the, the, the infant, brutal reality is, yeah. is that that's where a lot of Christians are. And why so many people get hurt by the church, unfortunately. I, I think of my kids. My kids initially are so enthusiastic. Uh, I have a six-year-old and a four-and-a-half-year-old, and then I have a three-month-old. And they are so enthusiastic about helping the three-month-old out. Mm-hmm. You know, They want to feed them for about two minutes. Right. And then as soon as that thing takes you know, 10 or 20 minutes to feed the baby, yep. well, this is so hard, this is so difficult, and they want to go back and play. Yep. And the reality is I think so many Christians are at that spiritual childhood level that it sounds great to want to you know, disciple people and raise people up from spiritual death to spiritual life and, and to take care of them. But the reality is it's hard work, yeah. and we just need more spiritual parents, and we need more Christians to step up out of spiritual childhood into spiritual parenthood. And the reason why so many young Christians, I think, get hurt by the church is that they're looking to spiritual children children to take care of their spiritual needs, and, and that's difficult. So I think this is a call. I as you keep listening to this series. I want you to you know keep uh, staying in tune with us as we kind of walk through these levels so that we can talk about how to get to that next level in your discipleship, how we can you know raise you up. If you're a spiritual infant, great. The good thing about spiritual growth is that it doesn't really take 20 years to become from a spiritual infant up to a spiritual parent. I mean, right. you can do it quicker uh, as long as there's diligent effort and work and, and you, you understand the, the goal 
bull and the challenges, um, you can, uh, God can raise you up quicker than and that. And that doesn't mean that you don't share the gospel until you become a spiritual parent. Exactly right. I mean, as a exactly. spiritual infant, I mean, you think of the, the blind guy in John 9 that Jesus healed. All he said was, look, I don't know all these other answers, but I know it was this. I was blind, and now I see. Yes. You know, yes. and so it's like, you know, as a spiritual infant, you can share the gospel. Yes, absolutely. If you can articulate that, that God loves you, and we've sinned against God— Jesus died and Jesus rose again, we'll come back again one day. If we trust him, we'll be forgiven. Then you can share that. And that's where you are. But I, I think we can. We just want to invite people to move past needing to pretend that they're further along than they really are and just have a sober reality of where we are. I mean, as a spiritual parent, as an elder, right, I still, like you said, I behave childishly sometimes. But mm -hmm. the beauty of maturity in the faith as we're maturing is uh, we're more open to seeing that and we're less embarrassed by sin exposure and more grateful for opportunities to repent. And so it's not that we've arrived or we're better or whatever. It's just we, we're willing to be responsible to help other people grow in their faith so they can glorify God by making disciples who are growing and multiplying. Amen. Amen. Well, join us next week as we walk and, and, and take a look at, we walk on and take a look at what it means to be a spiritual child. So we're going to take a look at that level next week, and we hope that you'll join us.